Kaylee, let's talk about Iron Fist. Yes, let's. Did you think it was going to be like a smaller version of Iron Man? No, but I did think his fist would actually be made of iron, which mm. it isn't. It's just, it's still flesh. It's just a, re he's got a really good punch on him, really. That would have been a good question, otherwise, because I'm like, would you prefer a bionic arm or a bionic leg? And that would have been great. <laughs> and as it is, it's just, do you want a hand that glows? <laughs> would you prefer a bionic arm or a bionic leg? I think a leg, because then you could like hop around without getting tired. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, the arm, you can do more with an arm, though. Do you reckon? Like, I'd rather lose a leg than lose an arm. True. Well, you don't have to lose them. You just have your normal arms. No, but I like as a comparison oh, between I see. the okay. two. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you could punch through walls and open all those really hard to open jars. Mm, yeah, you can open those hard. Or those um, thermosk, uh, thermosk, thermos <laughs> uh, meal containers that are like like pressure, yeah. pressure, like covered and stuff. You just can't open them. Yeah. But I worry about losing control of a. Like, you know, when people are like, I didn't realize my own strip. Like, I could be giving someone a head massage and just, and just crush their crush. head like a little grape. <laughs> and there's all sorts of weird, intimate situations where a super strong hand could probably come in bad. Maybe you can have settings on it, like um, uh, <laughs> like soft, medium, <laughs> destroy, <laughs> murder. <Yeah>. Laser. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's fair. Okay. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe we should just have bionic arms. Yeah, bionic arms yeah. are much more useful. You do more with your hands than you do with your, well, I guess you walk with your feet, but, you know, now that we're all working from home, we don't really need to walk so much anymore. <laughs> it's true. But you wouldn't have to pay for public transport because you just hop. Yeah, well, you get, you get like, uh, free cards if you're disabled. Although if everyone has no legs, does that mean that no one's disabled if they don't have a leg, the use of their legs? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know it's very philosophical <laughs> is it is it where well, you're less abled than other people is that what the phrase literally translates to I don't know I'm, I'm not an etymologist <laughs> well, I actually technically dis if it's got dis it means that it was something and then change. so um disorganized means that it was organized before and then entered a state of unorganization whereas oh. unorganized means it's never been organized so if you're disabled surely it means that you were able-bodied beforehand and now you're dis. so actually it's it's an incorrect term because that's not the case with most people that's very true and also it means everyone would still be disabled because we've all lost our legs since yeah this is going into philosophical territory now <laughs> i know we just wanted to talk about iron fist i'll move us <laughs> Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time, and with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not-so-good aspects of the MCU, and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at The Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. Back onto the subject of Iron Fist. Yeah. <laughs> after that tangent. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this was, considering it's come after several Netflix series that are very enjoyable, 
this was objectively not good. Yes, um, one critic referred to it as ferociously boring, which is quite harsh criticism, but also quite accurate, I would have thought. <laughs> you know what? That's the w- weird thing is, I wasn't bored by it as such. Not ferociously. Not ferociously bored, but it felt so insipid, mm. so kind of lacklustre of coming after something like daredevil that was so like uh, dark and mysterious jessica jones that was so frightening and cool luke mm. cage that was also very cool um it's you're suddenly given basically it's basically agents of shield but everyone's talking a bit slower yeah and also i've noticed some people have said look if you compare all the title sequences of the different netflix shows you get a very good idea of what you're getting like you know with Jessica Jones is going to be very noir detective mm. with Daredevil you kind of get the feeling it's it's very I don't know very ominous dripping and yeah and it's just like a guy doing kung, kung fu <laughs> I think that's that's it it didn't have its own voice its no. own kind of style it just it was so middle of the road like and it didn't have any themes to it like Daredevil deals with justice and the deliverance of justice uh, Jessica Jones deals with uh, abusive relationships and the treatment of women. Luke Cage deals with like uh, black people and how they live their lives in New York City. What was Iron Fist dealing with? Well, you know what? The problem, the main problem I do have with Iron Fist is Iron Fist himself, because he just seems like a, a sort of spoiled boy who's been on a gap year and he's come back and he's just like, on my gap year, I learned this. And you're like, shut the fuck up and wake up to reality. We can't just keep relying on what you did on your gap year. And he's like, I found myself. And yeah. you know, he's that, you know, in the in-betweeners too, when they're in Australia and he has that massive go at the gap year students who are like, yeah, we're really spiritual. We live under the stars and we do weed and we like play guitars and we're just like really in touch with nature and stuff. And he's like, no, you are, this is being paid for by your family in Surrey in their five bedroom house and you're all twats basically. And that was, that was it. Cause, and it meant you couldn't get behind him at any point. Yeah. And he's also got frosted tips, which feels very nineties um, of him. I mean, I know he, it's been. He did have a very outdated hairstyle. Yeah. So outdated. I was like, dude, I know you've been living in another world for a long time, but you can't tell me they all have frosted tips there. <laughs> no, not not in Kunlun, where everyone seems to be a bald-headed Buddhist monk. Yeah, it's easy to see why this one came after Doctor Strange, isn't it? Because I guess it's already set up all the world of mysticism in the world of superheroes. Mm. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Daredevil already did this very well. And I know it's based on another character, and I know it's just the way it is, but I just don't... They evolved all those characters for Netflix, and they kind of drew them out to make them more modern and interesting and relevant I don't feel like they did this very well it it felt like they didn't bother to put much thought into it and just whacked out some run-of-the-mill things I feel like they were very much gearing up to the defenders so they had to rush out an Iron Fist series in order to then move into the defense because the defenders was not long after judging yeah, by that though, but like it doesn't set the defenders up in any way like none of the other defenders are in it um, if you think about Jessica Jones it sets up Luke Cage's dealings and trauma for ages and she has to kind of share the spotlight with him for a bit well Dead exactly shares the spotlight with other people this guy just gets his own little platform to do whatever he wants yeah exactly i mean that's what i'm saying is that they i think they wanted to rush it out but they didn't actually think about where mm. it's going to sit in this chronology at all like they didn't think about what kind of social theme because netflix is all about the social themes we love the, social. the closest we really get is um 
you know, dealing with the idea of big corporations. But that's mm. not really fully explored or even realistically explored. I don't think. I'm not as I'm, I don't work for a big corporation. Not that I'm not a multimillionaire, so I'm not 100 percent Not yet, anyway. <laughs> soon, soon, when this podcast takes off, we will be. <laughs> so, how funny is it that our supervillain is called Harold? <laughs> <laughs> I also from uh, Iron Fist or Danny Rand himself. I got real like Hayden Christensen in Star Wars vibes. Yes! Yes, him. It is very him. Or I also thought, um, I can't think who it is. In Cruel Intentions, that dickhead. I can't think what his name oh, is. Oh, Ryan Philippe. Yeah. Philippe or Philippe? Philippe. I don't know. He's, he's very French. Um, but mm. his character in Cruel Intentions for the first half before he gets changed by Reese Witherspoon also got mm. that right. Yeah, it was all very like, you can't underestimate my power, my power, my power and stuff. And I'm like, what is this? Like a teenager's... like. Yeah. The, it's, it's Harry. Show that's been Harry Potter book five when all he talks is in capital letters. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It me. And he keeps having those stupid like uh, visions where the world vibrates and they don't really do anything. It's a bit of pointless visions. It felt like a kid's anime more yeah. than anything. And you that's know, I was like, that's not what I signed up for when I did no. when I went into this. <laughs> when I did Netflix. I know it's a shame. But the women are very good in it. The women are a bit of a saving grace, definitely. Mm. Um, I thought Colleen Wing was probably the only character who was half decent. Um, And I think that's probably thanks to the actress, because actually the character doesn't get loads in it. The actress was really good. Yeah, I I love her. I love Claire Temple. Obviously, we love our night nurse. We do. We'll get into it when we get into the plot, but even Claire Temple was not written that well. But I was just like, thank God for Rosario Dawson, really. Yeah, we, we missed you. Yeah. <laughs> you remind us that there's potential here, but sadly not. And even Hogarth, who we were like, she's so evil and abusive. And then I was like, yeah, well done, Hogarth. Welcome back. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's given like good things to do. And even Joy Meacham's all right, really. She's not like the most interesting, but she's given a decent enough trajectory. But the male characters are just like, like the bottom of the rung like Harold makes no sense to me he goes from being a bit weird to a total psychopath to being an ally to being an enemy with no real kind of segue between any of them it's just that like the writer's been like right let's just make him kill his assistant really really horribly now you basically him looking at the script like I think I've lost some pages (laughs) (laughs) it's just jumped (laughs) yeah I completely agree and Ward like I like Ward and everything but he's very like he's really one note he's just yeah you can see what I'm doing with this one I love I loved his voice his voice like he sounded like someone just like the really he sounded like Kronk from the Empress he's like oh dad why have you come back to life I need to kill you dad I'm high on drugs he just sounded like that the whole time and I couldn't stop laughing whenever he opened his mouth I know, in the big dramatic finale when he was like, oh, I had to do it. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't sense any emotional, you know, distress in that moment, but maybe I was just missing it. Before we do go into plot, just to give everyone, if you haven't seen it, just to give everyone an idea of how lacklustre this script was. So the bit, this this bit just cracked me up so much. It's in a slightly later episode when Iron Fist is in the um, the, sent, the, um, the martial arts training facility that's run by Bakuto who's like one of the bad guys as it turns out and he's a bit suspicious of this place he thinks there's something else going on so he says to one of the recruits rather than try and find out in some sneaky way he just turns to one of the recruits and goes so 
are there any areas off limits? And the recruit's like, oh yeah, there's that mysterious building over there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was a very, I feel like Austin Powers could have, you know, they could do an Austin Powers style spoof of this series. That's exactly what it was. There was no kind of uncovering. There was no sort of clues. It was just like, so any mysterious goings on here? And they're like, oh yeah, like we love it here, but there are those mysterious men in black over there in that building that we're not allowed to go into. at pain of death <laughs> <laughs> but we normally don't ever go in there because the vending machines are out here and you know the canteen's lovely there's literally no reason for us to ever wonder literally literally i was like that's the most shoddy writing i've ever seen because you didn't even do it in a funny way it was done as if it was completely serious and, I know. and some people were like oh the good thing about iron iron fist is that danny rand is like such a light optimistic character and I was like mm, I really don't get that from these <laughs> he's a moody self-involved irritating little twat yeah he's, he's so badly characterized proper hormonal teenager who's just not getting his own played way. by someone in his early 30s I know with frosted tips I think with frosted tips yeah <laughs> like he's a member of Backstreet Boys we don't need it we need someone else I felt I feel bad saying it because he seemed you know he's probably a very nice man in real life and yeah all right in Game of Friends but I just don't think this is right for him no no it was in fairness to him it was badly written in the first place I don't think there was a huge amount he would have been able to do with that unless they just completely rewrote the whole character and shaved his head did anything anything Anything. literally anything or like a little wry smile when he delivers a silly line like he give it yeah or are there any areas off limits wink (laughs) <laughs> literally like he, he's just come from years and years at like um a, a, in Kunlun which is meant to be sort of you know a Buddhist monastery kind of place but it's more sort of magical and mysterious than that and um and he's meant to be sort of like very sort of Buddhist and calm and in touch with like the spiritual world and stuff like that but he's anything but like sometimes he is if the script calls for it other times he's just like my power rawr, rawr, I'm angry I want my money rawr. for 13 <laughs> episodes just very consistently angry yeah at least he's consistent yeah we can't knock him for that he's doing the same note over and over again he does it well so plot wise so we've got Danny Rand is the Iron Fist he is the son of Wendell Rand and Wendell Rand was a founder along with Harold Meacham of a very big rich company in New York City Many years ago, when Danny was a child, him and his parents were on a plane to China and the plane crashed. The Rands were killed, but Danny survived and was basically brought up by a lot of like monks, Buddhist monk people in a a place called Kunlun. So it's basically like a very long gap year that lasted about 15 to 20 years. And it's kind of like a good, it's basically Batman, isn't it? The same, but rather than a butler, he's got monks. Or you could say it was a bit like the beginning of the Disney's Tarzan film, but instead of you know a tree house happy, yeah you know instead of the, them surviving that initial shipwreck they died they did, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes it's very similar <laughs> it's <the> same. <laughs> i just think it's a common trope isn't it of like person loses parents filled with vengeance learns mystical path yeah well as far as he's concerned at this point his parents the the plane crash was entirely accidental wink <laughs> the guy just rips off and his mom's like bye-bye <laughs> i know his mom just gets ripped out from there i'm like oh that's true well they do deal with the fact that that traumatized him a little bit don't they well later he's like i always thought maybe she survived i'm, I'm like rewind watch that scene again 
How? He did, yeah. And I was like, how on earth would she have survived that? Like, honestly, that's just delusional. It is madness. Unless she was, I don't know, just inhuman, then maybe. Possibly. That could be a twist, but yeah. that doesn't happen in the season. So she's actually a bird. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Bird woman, yeah. Where are you? um he's returned to new york city after all this time to reclaim his share of the company why he's decided to return now i'm not entirely certain i don't think it's really explained and does he need that money in the nice little world he was living in i don't think he does buddhism does not require one it's a very anti-riches isn't it religion from what i think so i mean they don't really they deal with the the idea that he didn't quite fit in properly with the whole kunlun aesthetic as the iron fist they deal with that a little bit later but like they don't explicitly be like yeah this really horrible thing happened at Kunlun and he decided to leave or whatever like I don't know I would have thought by now he would have forgotten all about it not really cared he probably would have been and he does he turns up in New York City and kind of he knows where to go and I'm like you haven't been here since you were like 10 like isn't it it never changes New York famously it stays the same forever apparently so and and I'm like you, you just sort of slot in quite well and there's no kind of outsiderliness to you when they really should have been after all that time. Like imagine, like again, Tarzan, imagine Tarzan going back to like the human world. He wouldn't be able to do it. No. <laughs> I've imagined it and that's the conclusion I've come that's, to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a little bit less, I guess New York is always going to be on that grid system so he could be able to find his way around. But there so many changes like mobile phones are now so different and like the way people commute and work and are yeah I mean if you compare it to London if you go back 20 years the way we bought tickets for trains and buses and stuff and there there wouldn't have been several tube lines just wouldn't exist and several bus routes Um, how does he have cash he won't have a credit card mm. he won't have contactless Exactly. Doesn't even have an ID. Wouldn't even have a driving license. So true. Which is a problem because they don't believe that he is Danny Rand. <laughs> yeah. So this is the thing. He turns up at the company. He's like, hello, I'm Danny Rand. And they're like, no, you're not. And then um, <laughs> that gets into that escalates quickly to the point where they drug him and send him to an asylum. <laughs> yeah, I think they handled it particularly well personally as no. if i was working in hr there i would have been like maybe that's not the way we handle these situations going forward no no it's not legally speaking it's a little bit tricky not the best yeah. thing in the world to do just tell um, them no and ask them to leave don't mm, drug them i know it was just they really leapt to conclusions with that one um <laughs> he's insane <laughs> but he manages to escape the asylum using his power as the iron fist so basically he can get in touch with his chi yeah. like center his chi and your yeah. chi uh, this is like a, a very sort of buddhist chinese concept which i don't understand fully but it means that he like he gets lots of power in his fist and he can punch things really That's powerfully the one fist yeah yeah which yeah. in itself is i know he's a popular superhero in the comics and stuff but in itself that's a bit of a shit power <laughs> yeah it's not the best one like i'd want a little bit more personally i mean he he, I guess in the comics he's a bit more the comics came out they came out around the time Bruce Lee was very much so it's, so it's it was just fashionable at the time basically it was cool at the time yeah mm. like Bruce Lee had that one inch punch didn't he where he could go and have loads right. of power behind it so I guess it's all 
connected to that. And then he, yeah, so with Jerry Hogarth's help, um, he's able to prove who he is through uh, DNA testing and stuff and gets a position on the board. But he, like, fucks shit up on the board. Um, and I love these sort of spoon-fed um, uh, business meetings that we get where they're like <laughs> all the businessmen are like yeah we're gonna do something like really corrupt and he's like you shouldn't do things that are corrupt and they're like oh my god I can't believe he said that and that's basically <laughs> the business meeting and I'm like I don't I don't I feel like a real business meeting that would have these discussions would be a little bit more nuanced and a bit more subtle yeah. than that <laughs> let's steal all their money <laughs> no oh <laughs> and yeah. also he's so like no, you can't put like sell this for a profit. Like making a profit is really wrong in business. And I'm like, that's literally what business is. <laughs> it's a profit. I was almost on the side of the bad guys here. <laughs> He's not been in the world for 15 years. He doesn't know what profit is. He's not done business training. He's just like, oh, the Buddhist teachings do not say that you should make a profit. Yeah. But he sticks his little nose in anyway um, and gets yeah. involved. And um, I guess that's one of its failings as well. Like a lot of people are saying about Line of Duty, which is mm. back on, in case anyone hadn't noticed, <laughs> that it never spoon feeds to its readers, which is why mm. it's so confusing of all its acronyms and everyone's Googling, like, what the hell is a chiz? Um, but yeah. for this, they're just like, let's not give the audience any benefit of the doubt and just go for mm. real clunky, like if a child had written a business scene. Yeah. yeah yeah that's exactly it and what they probably need to do, well line of duty is a good example because what they they'll have like the the terminology and stuff but then every now and then a character will be like bent carpers that's what it is and then <laughs> and then you're like ah oh, okay fine right got it now i understand <laughs> uh, but it still feels realistic because you've had you know what feels like real conversations that police police people have yeah. whereas in yeah and like i said in this business meeting you kind of needed them to talk in a slightly more advanced way and then for Danny to go away to say Colleen and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're money laundering or something like that. And you'd be like, oh, right, fine. Got it. OK. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ward and Joy's father, Harold, has faked his own death. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, <I think laughs> that way. <laughs> as one does. <laughs> yeah. He's been faking it very well. Though. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. The only people who know he's alive are Ward and this dweeby little assistant that he has who serves very little purpose in the story. But uh, why does he fake his own death? Because he had terminal cancer. Right. And if he, you know, well, also he's done quite a lot of stuff to further his own finances because he's still very much the, the mysterious force behind mm. the company. But I think because he was terminal, he arranged for their murder. He That's how he got himself healed. Uh, it's not he's not been healed through like a, an an explainable way has he he's been well he's basically been given like eternal life by the hands yeah and he's so, been killed by having his head chopped off yeah he's a zombie he's a vampire, he's a vampire. <laughs> yeah. yeah but that, that's what i'm saying harold would have had to fake his own death at some point and mm. it makes sense for him to do it then because he doesn't want to be connected to this very suspicious accidental plane, plane crash wink Right, yeah, wink, accidental plane crash. And also in, I remember now, he gets given that, he gets given that eternal life by the hand in exchange for like helping them on mm. the down low. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a, you scratch our back, we'll give you eternal life. Exactly. But then yeah. Danny manages to find him and meet him. And Harold then, they kind of form this sort of alliance that the story every now and then goes back to. 
yeah. where that howls like maybe if you defeat the hand i can like come out of hiding and we can like reconnect and stuff and you can i don't know something like that uh, something i love your like. dad we were really good friends yeah yeah exactly i liked your dad very much i did not organize a plane crash wink <laughs> yeah <laughs> And he's such a, he seems so evil. I don't know why you would ever fall for his, his lies. Yeah. Don't be believing him. Danny. Like with this, this dweeby assistant he has, did he literally turn up to the interview and go, oh yeah, this seems like a good idea. <laughs> he's his eagle. <laughs> he's eagle, yeah. <laughs> You're like, this is not a good job for you, but here you are doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, Danny discovers that the hands or the hands, uh, group that he's going after are being led by Madame Gao and we know Madame Gao you love Madame Gao I love Madame Gao although totally overused in this to the point yes. where I was Her like she's no longer well. mysterious she's just like yeah. some little Chinese woman <laughs> Her mystery's gone she does say a lot of stuff about chi and iron fisting and oh no just iron being an iron fist I take iron, that iron fisting that was, a, that was a phrasing moment that I regret <laughs> 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 no <laughs> there are some people who would love a bit of iron fisting oh no, i ruined it for myself and everyone else <laughs> <laughs> and she is they're doing they're doing like evil things but working with rand at the same time so as an example they're importing these drugs into new york city and uh they're doing it via a pier that rand has bought or she's ensured that they buy basically and he, Danny, eventually teams up with Colleen Wing and Claire Temple to kind of infiltrate and find things out about this division of the hands. And that was and, well set up, I thought, at the end of the last, last time we saw Claire Temple, we knew she wanted to do self-defense. Makes perfect mm. sense, considering all the stuff that's happened to her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was nicely done. And I did really love those two women together. I thought so. I thought they took, they at least took a leaf from uh, Luke Cage's book in that the superhero is kind of assisted by two women who are kind of like working together, who are friends, who are in many ways much more superior to him because they're a lot more level-headed and can make better decisions than he does. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, that comes up a lot later when he's like, we've got to get in there to do this. And they're like, "We, you just want revenge and you're a terror. No. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not do that right now. It's not a great plan. And Colleen Wing especially has probably the the most well thought out character trajectory because I liked the fact that she was sort of a sensei for these students and she's helping them get off the streets and get out of like a potential crime and you know use their martial arts to be part of a community and stuff and that was really good but then at the same time she kind of ends up getting involved in these illegal cage fights and stuff and she's getting a bit of a thrill out mm -hmm. of it and that shows that those two those two dimensions to her character which I thought were quite good. She's a great actress as well. Like you say, she did a lot with the work that she was given. She did. And she, I mean, she's given a decent amount compared to the other characters. So I think she does well with that. And then later on when she's sort of allied with Bakuto, but she's starting to see how Bakuto is a bad guy. So she's kind of torn between him and, you know, she's she's Randy for a bit of Rand. So she's torn, <laughs> torn towards him as well. And I do love where she's like, I'm part of the hand, but the good part. And I was like, I, I think there's a good... No, there's not a good part of the hand, but I love that you think that there is. It's good for you. Like, <laughs> so like we're, we're a member of the Gestapo, but we're like the good kinds. <laughs> we don't do any of the bad stuff. We, ooh, we just do mass surveillance. Is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like the fight scenes are a little bit let down in this one. Mm. It just feels like, for him particularly, doesn't really feel like. He, I mean, he's obviously not doing his own stunt work. 
Very yeah. Quickly, yeah. Which is annoying for me because I feel like everyone else, it felt very seamless, all the other Netflix series. And also the fight scenes were all very samey because they all happen in tiny corridors and lifts and things yes. like that, don't they? But you know what's interesting? I didn't realise this until someone pointed it out to me. Um, it's all about feng shui, the way it's all positioned. The, the long focus shots are all about balance and light and how you would feng shui a room almost, but oh that's interesting yeah that is true and Claire Temple I thought again good character and good to have around and stuff but they they didn't seem to have moved her on from how she is in previous series especially in Luke Cage like I would have thought by now there'd be a bit of say trauma in her um <laughs> yeah <laughs> a bit of like more more inclination towards violence or like desensitization towards it um but she basically spends the whole thing sort of helping danny out and every now and then being like oh super is just so annoying aren't they i can't believe i'm involved in this ugh, ugh, ugh. and that was all she really had to do i love that she always does unwittingly end up involved in these situations as well though. it's like oops i've just fallen into a difficult situation with a superhero Ooh. again i know <laughs> What a klutz. <laughs> oh my God, she is. She's the modern day klutz. And also she just kind of is suddenly there in it. There's no moment where she comes in and actually meets Danny. It's like, hello, I'm Claire. I've got Poofa's experience with people with powers or something like that. And there's no, all of a sudden she's kind of in the meetings with him and Colleen talking about the hand and how to defeat them and stuff. Yeah. Without much sort of preamble to, no, there's no kind of meeting or anything. So I'm like, oh, okay. Suddenly she's here. Cool. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess she's probably like, I'm probably the most experienced one here. And I'm like, yeah, you are probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's very fair. Um, Danny gradually becomes convinced that the plane crash that killed his parents was actually orchestrated by Gao and the hands. Yes. Um, in order to gain control of the company via the Meachams. Give him credit where it's due. At least he's figured out it wasn't an accident. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's working it out as well. And it, it's, it would be convincing that they would because they're kind of a mysterious force and they would do they would do something like that. They've killed enough people. They've got a blood bank, for God's sake. Well, I think even when he accuses her, she's like, I would probably have killed your parents, but I wouldn't have made it look like an accident. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, God love her. you got to give her credit where it's due. She doesn't, doesn't like hide her dirty work from anyone. That is something that's quite fun about Madame Gao is that she, when they're like, you've done this, and they say it as if they're expecting her to be like, it wasn't me, but actually she's like, yeah, it was. Yeah, I did yeah. do it. What are you going to do about that? Yeah, that's <laughs> just how I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just a bad person, but you just have to deal with it. I'm a Scorpio. What do you want from me? <laughs> if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Oh, God. That phrase is only said by people who are awful human beings. Yes, I know <laughs> it is, isn't it? Always. It's yeah. when people have it pinned on their like bedroom wall. Like, so Danny, Colleen and Claire kidnap Gal and, in, and uh, they do a little old Silence of the Lambs routine with her. They have to call <laughs> upon Colleen's mentor, Bakuto, because Colleen has been poisoned by weapons that have been laced with poison and shit. Um, and then he cures her with magic or yep. something because he's he's very spiritual. Yeah, if you're super spiritual, you're also magic. I think that's what we've learned from this. Exactly, exactly. But then uh, Bakuto then takes Gao to be imprisoned at his place. And he has this facility. It's like genuinely a training center for people doing Kung Fu and stuff. 
Danny discovers that Bakuto is uh, a hand leader. And as we said, he considers himself a good hand. One might say a dab hand. <laughs> Which hand is the evil hand? I can't remember. We talked about this before, didn't we? Left, the left. So Bakuto considers himself to be the right hand. Yeah. And Gal, he considers Gal to be the left hand. Um, and Gal, Gal being the bad hand. Um, he probably considers herself to be the bad hand as well, to be fair. Yeah, but Gal's probably like, yeah, I am a bad bitch. I am the left hand. <laughs> what are you going to do about that? Do, do him and Gal know each other? Are they part of like a, do, are they, do they know like the big, big leader of the hand? I um, kind of feel like everyone in like, who's like, like middle management hand power basis knows each other. <laughs> you know, like, I know other managers in my company. That mm, sort of vibe. Yeah. yeah. I get that. They just didn't, I was like, did did he like, was he like part of the hand and then divide off? Because I'm thinking of like, you know, in S.H.I.E.L.D., they have mm. slightly different divisions of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it does show you how they do know each other somehow and how this group have been like, we're the real S.H.I.E.L.D. because we don't agree with what you're doing and all that stuff. They didn't really explain that with Bakuto. Well, I think that's one of the problems with the series. It's very light on character development. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would be my biggest complaint, that like you don't really understand people's motivations or... Mm. He was obviously like a big deal in the hand, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> he, one of the founding members. And I kind of got the impression that Gal was a founding member as well. Well, I was Gal as in founding member. I mean, she mentions that she she's been interrogated like by 17th century people. I got the impression she's like hundreds of years old. That's what I mean. I think they're like the Irridge oh. Like the um sugar babes lineup for. Yeah. Paid. Yeah. Ah, I see. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> I get it. But yeah, so discovering that Bakuto is a member of the hand, suddenly Bakuto is now evil and attacks Danny, and Danny attacks him, and they fight now. And there's no yeah. real discussion. Be like, what do you mean by the good hand? Like, explain this, please. It's just <laughs> like, you're the hand. I hate you. And then it's ah. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Again, lack of character development and. I feel like if it was Daredevil, original Daredevil, maybe, mm. I feel like last season he was a bit more reckless. Yeah. Um, he would have chatted that through. Jess would have chatted it through, maybe. Luke would have chatted it through. Mm. This guy, no. He just exactly, didn't. just launches in. He now hates Colleen. Yep, for he, no reason. For no, yeah, she, she, he hates Colleen because Colleen's like, he is the good hand. And he's like, no, he's not, it's the hand. <laughs> um, and we also get introduced to Davos, who is like an old friend of Danny's from Kunlun. He wants to keep an eye on his pals. And then he helps Danny uh, to escape from Bakuto's facility. And so does Colleen. She's she's torn. She So she sort of wings it a bit. And, <laughs> uh, and she, she opens up the gate to let them out, basically. And that kind of uh, destroys her allegiance with Bakuto. During all of this, Ward has got addicted to drugs. The drugs mm. that uh, the hand have been uh, smuggling in, um, and fallen out with his father and stabbed his father to death, and then buried him in a muddy pond. But obviously, his father, having been uh, having been given eternal life by the hand, wakes up again. Yeah, and he's even more unstable than he was before. Yes, it's unfortunate that you know what it teaches you: you should never stab your father and put him in a muddy pond. I think that's well, funny. yeah. He gets totally unstable. Like he has the whole, this whole routine with his dweeby assistant where the assistant's like, I love ice cream. And he gets him lots of ice cream and the assistant goes, do you have vanilla? And he's like, I don't have vanilla. And then he like kills him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which seems 
seemed really random. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a strange moment. I guess that's some of the moments of lightness they promised us in Iron Fist. Yeah, maybe. But then the from then on, ice cream. <laughs> yeah, but he it, he it, it's almost like he gets all his psychopathic tendencies out then, and from then on, he's a bit more stable. He's villainous, but he's not as like crazy and maybe that's flying it. off the handle. He has to just sort of. Like he's like a boiling point kettle. You have to let off a little bit of steam. Yeah. Right or just turn off the switch, unplug yeah. it, maybe. Yeah. Well, there's loads of ways you could deal with this problem, but he's gone for that murder. Because then he allies himself with Joy. Mm. And despite his craziness, him and Joy uh, get along quite well. I mean, like father-daughter time. And yeah, um, she's glad that he's alive. <laughs> understandably quite shocked um yeah you would be wouldn't you and also danny keeps danny kind of allies himself with him in order to fight off bakuto because now bakuto is against everyone mm. and wants to kill all the meachums now too yeah it, it's one of those shows where i'm like you kind of need to just have one one villain yeah i think you know uh, not that i don't like it when people have two like we've seen it done really well in other marvel shows but i think in this one it mm. just gets a bit funky yeah and i think there's lots of kind of villainous characters like you've got first and foremost you've got like madame gao um and bakuto um but you've also got like ward is a bit like like flitting between good and bad sometimes um and davos by the end of it you understand that he's a bit of a villain and joy as well is kind of becoming a bit villainous and stuff and because you got all there's not it's not very clear how some of them are connected if they are um And suddenly they're all like one of them will decide to fight another character f- for various reasons. It's just it just became very chaotic. And I it, fundamentally I was like, I don't understand why Bakuto has Harold and Joy like in prison. I don't understand why he shot Joy. Um, no. I don't understand what he has against the Meachams. Like I thought Bakuto was the good hand. And now he's like <laughs> the moment he gets found out that he's the hand, he suddenly turns awful. <laughs> well, he's not really a very good hand. No. <laughs> because he's all about. He is conducting mass surveillance from his facility. So he's more of a nefarious hand mm. than we yeah. assume. Yeah, so no no one's good. It's one of those very, oh, everyone's made up of shades of grey. But again, I'm like, there's too many shades. I'd like, yeah. <laughs> I'd like a few more clear-cut moments, please. They probably should have just focused on Bakuto. Like, I got rid of, say, Madame Gao and all mm. that stuff. And because what they could have done with Bakuto is really... Um, they could have talked, like, dealt with the fact that him and Colleen are getting these kids off the streets and teach yeah. them how to sort of find skills and be part of the community and stuff. And how they they could also deal with the idea that maybe they're radicalizing them a little bit or, mm. or maybe they're, you know, bringing them into a cult or something like that and really kind of gone in depth with that. But they've got so many little story strands all going on that they couldn't examine it. So they have to be like, right, we need Bakuto to be here for a fight scene. So we'll just get him to hate the Meachams now. I think he wants Danny on side. I mean, they don't really make it clear. I guess because Danny's very powerful. Yeah, with the super fist thing. But he's also but very moody and grumpy and has frosted good. tips. He does. And Bakucho doesn't have frosted tips. So I was like, I feel more inclined to like you at the moment. Mm. Um, and the problem is with the bloody hand is everyone just pops back up anyway. You can't even kill anyone off. Yeah, it's very frustrating, isn't it? They have, yeah, they have a massive fight between sort of Danny and Davos and um, Bakuto. 
they almost kill Bakuto, but they don't. Um, and he kind of gets away. Mm. Um, however, uh, that Harold has sort of helped them out with this. They've saved Harold and Joy is going to be okay, even though she got shot and stuff. It then turns out, surprise, surprise, Harold was the one who caused the death of Danny's parents. <laughs> I can't believe it. I was, my mind was blown into tiny pieces. That was brand Which new information. <laughs> crazy. Like Harold Meacham has a motive for this? No way. <laughs> It wasn't the twist they thought it was, I don't think. Because it was like, oh, it wasn't this bad character who killed your parents. It was this other bad character. Pretty much. (laughs) Not the the gotcha they thought it was. No. This this causes Ward to change sides. And then, so then Ward and Danny and everyone all basically fights Harold and and they kill him. And that's it. Yeah. 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 But through all of this, Joy has decided she doesn't like Danny now. And Davos has also decided he doesn't like Danny. Davos talks a little bit about how he wanted to be the Iron Fist, but it was Danny who turned out to be the Iron Fist. So Davos has a bit of insecurity about that. Um, mm. And doesn't like the way Danny does things. It feels like Danny has betrayed Kunlun and yada, yada, yada. So him and Joy meet up and have a little hot date together. And they've been... They're being eavesdropped on by Madame Gao, who's literally sitting right next to them. <laughs> Madame Gao's everywhere. <laughs> and, and she's going, mm, she's got a little smug face on her. <laughs> um, so that's setting up the second season. And then in the final scene, Danny and Colleen have gone to Kunlun for, I don't know, holiday, I don't know, something like that. Um, <laughs> only to find that there's lots of hand dead bodies. And also Kunlun's just not there. It's disappeared. Yeah. It's gone now. Yeah, it's a yeah. That's that really. <laughs> and it ends. <laughs> I don't know if she's like, I knew you were faking it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, and she's no. That's the moment where she goes, "Oh my god, he's insane." He's, he's he actually thinks there was a city in the clouds. <laughs> they were right when they drugged him and took him to that institution. <laughs> there are elements of it that are good. Um, that's it. The story's not terrible in itself. This thing is just... a bit too convoluted. And I yeah. don't know if everyone's been written, no one's been written well enough. Like if they made this two seasons and they'd yeah. spent more time building up, like y- you shouldn't be confused. Uh, you shouldn't be confused as to why Bakuto and Gao like, don't like each other. And you shouldn't be confused as to why he's against the Meachams. It should be something we've like, just not even that we've been spoon fed or I hate it when people like go, oh, here are all my motivations. But it's just something we should glean from the, what's on screen. Yeah, and I it was because it, it, having multiple story strands is good if you if you sort of make sure it's really focused. Like Daredevil season 2 I thought was so good because they did have kind of the two strands of they got the hands and Electra and on the other hand they got the Punisher and the two kind of kept doing this. They kept coming together, coming apart, coming together, coming apart in really sort of surprising ways. Um whereas here they've got these they got the sort of the strand of the Meachams and the strand of the story strand of the hand but it's all just kind of, it's not really flowing together. It's kind of colliding every now and then, like, like yeah. you're clapping your hands in a really clumsy way. And, um, <laughs> and I think they probably needed to just maybe, well, they needed to, they needed to do lots of things. Really. They need to think about their characters a bit more yeah. and just make them a bit more interesting. They needed to narrow down who is the villain and where the twists were going to be coming from and why they were villainous. And I think also they probably needed to build on what was established about the hand in 
Daredevil because we've we've discovered things about the hand in Daredevil, but I don't feel like we discovered anything new about them in this. It was just they're still evil. <laughs> they're still that. evil, even if they say they're not. They're still evil. And yeah. um, Helena think... tries to show that they're not, like when she uses her little hand contact to get the medicine and stuff. Mm. So they're not always evil, but they are evil. And I don't know that after so long, I think it's hard to try and vindicate them. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, they're literally stealing blood from people in Daredevil. So yeah, it would be like if there was something like, "Oh, Hydra's not that bad. There's good Hydra," and you're like, mm. "It's like those people who are like, well, you know, say what you want about Adolf Hitler, but he was very charismatic." And it's like, oh, "What are you trying to? What are you trying to achieve exactly by saying like, what, what, like, okay, he got charisma, great, wonderful. That's one point in favor of him. It does not redeem everything else. <laughs> no, it doesn't." <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's a big flaw. Like it, it sh- like I said, it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be that confusing to follow. They mm. needed to cut it down. Which is and my answer to most things in life. I'm like, cut it down, edit, mm. work out your story, follow it through because it. And it also should have teased the defenders a bit more. Yeah, it really didn't. I don't yeah. think. Um, I'm like, I can't see these guys working together. Like, <laughs> I can see the others working together, but I can't see why this guy would join them because he's just a. It didn't feel at all connected to the other series anyway. Hmm. Like, I don't think, like, every now and then Claire Temple makes a little dig about superheroes, but she doesn't talk explicitly about um, Matt Murdock or Luke Cage at all. Hmm. And I feel like they that she was the one that needed to start connecting this and be like, oh, yeah, well, I work with this lawyer guy, Matt Murdock. He's got these powers and maybe we need to meet him at some point. Maybe he can help out or something. Maybe, like, start to really tie it in. But... No, yeah. they didn't do any of that. It just, I think it was rushed. I think it was really, really rushed. I think it was rushed too because they wanted the defenders out and they've sold this package of all four. Yeah, there's four mm. of them. It really panicked me there. I was like, is it four? Yes, there's four of them. Yeah. Um, they sold the package of four to Netflix at the very beginning, like, and there will be the defenders as a tie in. And mm. I feel like Iron Fist works with Luke Cage in the comics. They're in this comic book series together called Heroes for Hire. Oh, okay. And they're buds. They're like <laughs> and that's yeah. how they meet Jessica Jones because they're fighting together and she's in the same place. And you can kind of see how they all become. That's connected. what they needed in this. Yeah, they needed something to connect them. Because otherwise, mm. you're like relying very heavily on being like, well, I know from the comic books this happened. But like you've said before with the term casual viewer, which I think is important, they can't yeah. assume everyone's doing their, mm. I'm not going to call it research. They can't assume everyone's reading comic books in their spare time. Yeah. They've got, to, they've got to just do the work a little bit. Because also some people might not have watched the other series yet. Yeah. Like not yeah. everyone's a Marvel completist. No. no absolutist, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some people just dip in and out when they're intrigued. Like they might have been like, oh, two Game of Thrones characters in a new Marvel series. I'll give that a yeah. go. I can't imagine many casual viewers watching this and getting through the whole season. No. Because it wasn't it didn't make me want to watch the next episode. Like Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage. I was like, oh, next one, next one. This is very compulsive. This was not nearly as compulsive at all. No, uh, and I, I will speak for the Marvel fans. I don't know why, <laughs> as a whole, it wasn't well received. No, I imagine it was not. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we watched it, but again, that's a completest thing. You're like, well, we've got to watch it to tick off the... Yeah, like a checklist of Marvel that you're watching now, and also I think with Netflix you expect so much more at this point because they've set the bar very high. Well, they've established the tone that they want from yeah. it, and they didn't really continue it with this one. And um, 
but I get the impression maybe they felt like they were on a bit of a clock because um, you know they there have been two Avengers films by this point and a third one was out like the year after or something like that it was it was around the corner so I think they felt like they needed to get to the defenders as soon as possible in mm. order to try and rival that a little bit um, when actually it probably would have been better to you know maybe just spend a bit more time on it and go a bit slower with it yeah it's a, it's a shame because you just want more and I also do find it weird that Jessica Jones is really the only one who shared much of her show with another defender so far like mm. Other than her, no one else had one of the other defenders in their show, and it would have been nice to not just have the only female character in the lineup. Share this yeah, I guess it's hard to because I guess it would take longer to make a TV series, so you've got to kind of negotiate with actors to give up more time for mm. that. Whereas for a movie, I mean, a two-hour movie, you could have like appearance. Let's say a Captain America movie could have Thor in it but Thor's only going to be in about 5% of it in total. So you only need Chris Hemsworth for a few days, really, don't you? What would you give it out of five? Ooh, good solid one, one and a half, I think. Ooh. It was, I know, it was just, <laughs> the only thing keeping it going was probably Colleen, Claire, Joy to an extent. But even then it was, they were just not given that much, really. It was, mm -hmm. it's not, it wasn't enough to keep it going. So yeah, it was a big fat F for me. And there's a second season of its watch, which is lovely. Well, now you know how I feel when you keep making me watch Agents of Shield. <laughs> I know how I feel now and how you feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a fair, I think that's a fair score. I probably would be around the same. It's not yeah. one that I ever planned on rewatching, but here we are. Here we are now. Me forcing <laughs> you to do it. <laughs> right, we've done it now. Should we quiz it? Let's quiz it. Let's quiz it. Hang on, let me get my questions. <laughs> I also love um most I've noticed when I was reading through to get my questions from mm. like Iron Fist articles, a lot of them would be like, if you watched Iron Fist, our condolences. Ouch. Yeah. Imagine uh, being that, being an actor in it and knowing that you are part of the one that everyone hates like every, all the other ones had re pretty good success really and this is the one that everyone's like oh don't watch that that's terrible i know and you know it's worse for danny rand whose name i can't remember in real life because he's he specifically been singled out as the worst thing in the worst show oh bless poor guy and I'm like, oh i mean it's not all his fault like he doesn't no. have, you know the great script to work with he had a terrible script and you know it, an actor is sometimes only as good as their director and their writer in all fairness and he's probably very good in all of I'm, i've only seen him in game of thrones other than that so and he's fine in that he's fine he doesn't do anything wrong no. okay what would you give it out on rotten tomatoes what do you reckon it's got well uh, if we're going low with rotten tomatoes low is like 50 percent. it's 20 oh <gasps> <laughs> i know <laughs> Yeah. That's a death sentence. I know. Rotten Tomatoes. How did it get? How did it get renewed for a second season? Netflix get away with some weird stuff sometimes. They're like, we're going to cancel these brilliant shows, but the terrible one gets a second season. Yeah. Um, mainly because they were like, it's weighed down by an absence of momentum and originality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep, which I agree. Very fair, you know. Mm. There was some controversy over casting. Is this the same thing with the Tilda Swinton thing that we talked about with Doctor Strange? maybe in about way? it being uh, i got the impression that um it like it's another white man yeah, yeah. So, to be fair he is a white man in the comics 
I will, yeah, oh, they, they, okay. But um, they, a lot of people were like, could you could you hire an Asian American for this role mm. because it's very white savior, and we we don't want that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a white man using like things very much tied into say Chinese Tibetan culture. Yeah, so in, the trope that yeah. people were upset was it's like white guy is better at being Asian than Asian people. Mm. Um, but like uh, the director was like similar thing like you say to Dr. Strange, he was like, but it would be a stereotype if I put an Asian American in that role because we don't want just a superhero Asian American who does martial arts. I'm like, oh, stop. Well, then don't write an Asian American superhero who just does martial arts. Write an Asian American with a personality. Yeah. And have them do martial arts. But if they've got the personality and the good script, then it's then it's fine. (laughs) Surely. It would have been fine. Oh, it just with regards to what we just said, like, so Keith Chow at the Nerds of Colour, who was mm. one of the people campaigning for this, was like, you know, if there's a difference between an Asian character and an Asian-American character too, so you can still have that fish out of water bag. Like, we're not all intrinsically built with this mysticism and martial <laughs> arts powers that you seem to think we do. It would have been, you know, I, I, I do agree. I think it would have probably been smarter, especially considering how the previous Netflix series made sure mm. that they were centred around very relevant yeah it felt very modern that you had like the woman at the center of like you said like the abuse and a very female centric powerful show you've got luke cage with with Mm. him being the first proper black superhero we've had on screen and with an all pretty much entirely black cast as well and that no you know okay maybe it's stereotypical employing a black actor to play a black character in a black neighborhood but then you know, you gave him a character and you gave all the other characters personalities. And And he was very much like the Captain America of this. Completely. Yeah, so I I completely get what they're saying. Like, you can have that fish out of water vibe. Not all Asian experiences are the same. You can't just be like, it's a stereotype. So Mm. I got what they were saying with that. Yeah. Um, How often does Kunun open? Oh, I didn't realise it closed. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realise it was Thought Park. (laughs) (laughs) Does it open once a year for the summer? Yes. No, it's a bit like Brigadoon. <laughs> it only comes back every 15 years. Oh, okay. Like so, it. Yes, like it. Mm. It's like it. Yeah. Um, and then I've already told you who he, he shares a comic book with, but just to double check. If Luke Cage. Yes, it's Power Man and Iron Fist. They're like a little team, heroes for hire. Um, did you notice that Claire Temple had a catchphrase in this one? Is it... What the hell am I doing here? Or something like that. Yeah, but she basically does say that as well. Mm. Then she keeps going, sweet Christmas. Isn't this, did, haven't we mentioned this before? <gasps> we have, yeah. This is on. ringing a bell. Yeah. But I can't remember where from. It's it, No, it's Luke Cage's catchphrase. It's Luke Cage's catchphrase. That's yeah, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's using Luke Cage's catchphrase. Ah, it makes me think of um, Joe in Little Women always saying, Christopher Columbus. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which they thankfully removed from any modern interpretations of it. <laughs> it works as a swear word though, because he's not a great, he's not a great person. Um, no, that's true, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna use you'd want to use someone you don't like. I was gonna say there there is another reference to Luke Cage in it. If you spotted it, it's more subtle. No, I didn't spot it. So they keep pointing out that Iron Fist isn't bulletproof. Oh, okay. Oh, fine. Like, well. 
as long as he's not bulletproof, he's not bulletproof, so we should be fine. And it's like, oh, I wonder who they're referring to. Who's bulletproof? Ah, <laughs> I see, I see. Yes. Um, oh, I've already told you this as well. I'm ruining all my quiz because I'm so excited to tell you things. Um, <laughs> who, what, you know, the comics came out at a time when someone else was very popular in Bruce cinema. Lee. Yes, it was Bruce Lee. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, particularly with the whole empty your mind and be like water vibe and the chi. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it makes me think of the song in Mulan. The um, oh, I can't even remember the lyrics now, but the one where he's like, "Make a man out of you." Yes. Also, a great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. Well, we get sued for that much music. I didn't sing very much. It wasn't. I don't think it was tuneful enough for us to be sued. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much does Jerry Hogarth charge for two seconds of her time? Oh, I remember this line, but I can't remember now. Isn't it like oof, like a thousand dollars or something? No, so she asked for five dollars for two seconds of her time, which means she earns nine grand an hour. <laughs> oh, two seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means that, she that sounds realistic for someone like her. Well, she earns about seventeen million a year based on on that. Nice. Yeah, nice. she's one of those lawyers who. And all she got was that dead ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was sad for her. Um, all the episode titles, much like we saw in the previous Netflix series, pertain to something. They're like, um, yeah, they, they are they like, um, like uh, maybe Chinese, um, oh, what's the word, Chinese idioms or something? No, they're moves in Kung Fu. Oh, okay. Right. They, I... Yeah, there were things like Mount, mountain has long river or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> well, we'll look and I'll see if mountain has long river is in there. Um, did you spot Stan Lee? No, I didn't actually. But he's always really well hidden in the Netflix ones. Well, it's because he's always a picture rather than a person, isn't it? Yeah, so, he's being sneaky. So he's on a little poster um, that says, be proud. <laughs> okay. um, it's towards the end. I think it's in the last episode of the series. Oh. Um, but he's always like a dead cop in the Netflix series. Oh, I need to look out for dead coppers. You do. Oh, bent coppers, dead, dead coppers. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, they mention another defender in the series. Subtly. Another defender. Uh, Daredevil. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Oh, okay. I <laughs> have two to choose from now. I know, like, oh, <laughs> God, mistakes. Um, yeah, no, so Joy talks about hiring a private investigator and says that she was very good when she was sober. Oh. Uh, Who do we know? He likes to swig a little bit of whiskey or bourbon while doing her job. Yeah. Good old Jess, who's still troubled, <laughs> in case you were wondering. Well, it's, it's very hard to overcome addiction. It but... is. You can't just click mm. your fingers. And then my last question, how does Harold appear on Ward's phone? Like, what's his name? Oh, um, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no one would have suspected that. They would have just thought he was having a really intense relationship with someone, wouldn't they? Each to their own, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it says Frank N. Stein. Oh, because he's uh, back from the dead. Because he's back from the dead. He's been galvanised, yeah. <laughs> get it, clever. Yeah, I love that they incinerate him at the end as well. It's so, like, final for him, isn't it? Well, that's the only way, you can, isn't it? You have to, they're, they're like zombies. You have to cut off the head. I guess I'll have to do that with Electra now. <laughs> World Electra. Poor old Electra. Yeah, they will. Um, but yeah, they, they burnt him and he's Frankenstein. So mm. 
I feel like, yeah, with stuff like that, they could have made it lighter, couldn't they? I think so. They could have made it the more comedic one. I would have enjoyed the, that. Yeah. Like, they've had three very serious ones, so have one that's a little bit a little bit more fun, a bit more lighthearted. Yeah. Who would you have cast as Iron Fist? Hmm. Henry Golding. Oh. Because he's very attractive. <laughs> he is. He was going to be our Bond, wasn't he? Uh, he's still, he's still. I think, for me, a good choice for Bond. He's he's tall. He's dashing. He's good looking. He is very dashing. We'll give him Reasonably that. charismatic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's all right. We'll give him credit where it's due. He's, no, I think he's very charismatic. Um, Randall Park would have been good, too, I think. If you're going to go for the comedic angle. Randall Park. Who's Randall Park? Have you seen Always Be My Maybe? Yes. Yes. Oh, he's the guy in that, is he? He's the guy, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Because you, you said comedic. That would be quite a good... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking him up now. Yeah, definitely him. Luckily, he does appear in the, the Marvel Universe later, but... Shall we have a look at what's next on our epic journey? Yes, I have a feeling you're going to say it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. I've been listening. <laughs> and then it's probably Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Then it's Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. season. It's <laughs> <laughs> been at least a few days. Prepare thyself. <laughs> okay, and then, 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 it, then Spider-Man Homecoming, is it? Then Spider-Man Homecoming. And then the Defenders. So the Defenders was very, very soon after Yeah, it was, to be fair. I'm Literally, intrigued. Yeah, like a matter of five months after this well we don't know when they filmed this no that's true but they obviously had a very tight release schedule so i guess clearly yeah yeah, yeah. it's a shame when they let you i feel like also because we're watching it now in such avid detail <laughs> that it, we, we will pick up on stuff like this but it's always a shame when you're like oh it could have been so much better <laughs> i know i know well we'll see iron fist again in defenders and in his second season and who knows, maybe he will improve mm, maybe. in his life. <laughs> but now we're going back to Chris Pratt in space. Yay, Chris Woo! Pratt. You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Version. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Version. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune into the next fact-filled episode.